You're listening to Nitty Gritty Nursing with Nurse M, where she breaks down the nitty gritty basics of nursing concepts. Hello and welcome to the Nitty Gritty Podcast with Nurse M. Today I'm going to talk about and break down the nitty gritty aspects of pancreatitis. And pancreatitis is either an acute or chronic inflammation of the pancreas and it's associated with the escaping of pancreatic enzymes into the surrounding tissue, which then irritates everything. It's a whole ordeal. Now, acute pancreatitis occurs suddenly as just one isolated attack, or it can also be recurrent with resolutions occurring in between, whereas chronic pancreatitis is a continual inflammation and destruction of the pancreas with scar tissue developing and replacing that pancreatic tissue. So things that can actually cause the development of pancreatitis, those precipitating factors can be anything from trauma to the use of alcohol, some sort of biliary tract disease, viral or bacterial diseases, hyperlipidemia, uh, cholelithiasis, hyperparathyroidism, or some sort of ischemic vascular disease can cause all of these things. And pancreatitis being that inflammation of the liver, when it occurs, it secretes the hormones and the enzymes when irritated and they basically malfunction. And what that ultimately leads to is just the digestion of the pancreas by its own enzymes causing this inflammation, which is thereby pancreatitis. Now, when that happens, and especially when it's chronic, that own you know, self-consumption of the digestive enzymes of the pancreas by itself leads to irreversible structural damage, and that's when the scar tissue develops, replacing the pancreatic tissue. Now, in order to understand why this is so important, the pancreas function, let's talk about that. There's two primary functions. So you've got your exocrine function. And you've got your endocrine function. And the exocrine function has this thing called asnar cells, which help produce amylase. And amylase is used to break down carbohydrates to glucose, protease, which breaks down proteins, and lipase, which breaks down fat. So those that exocrine function with those cells produces all of these enzymes to break down carbohydrates, proteins, and fat, which is what we are consuming on a daily basis. Now, the endocrine functions are specific really to the islets of Langerhans cells, and those are tied directly to insulin, glucagon, somatostatin, and pancreatic polypeptide into the bloodstream. So because of the endocrine function, when the pancreas becomes inflamed and doesn't work correctly, it's going to mess with the blood sugars. And sometimes these patients may end up presenting with signs and symptoms of diabetes mellitus because they can't secrete the right amount of insulin needed in order to work and adapt with all of these functions that is necessary. Now, people that develop acute pancreatitis, for example, if it's caught early and treated properly, it is in fact reversible. If it's not caught early and not treated properly, it will lead to those structural damages. And then ultimately what we're talking about is chronic pancreatitis. Now, for the purposes of this particular podcast, I'm going to separate out acute pancreatitis and chronic pancreatitis. And the first one I'm going to talk about is acute pancreatitis. And the main causes of this, for example, are going to be like gallstones or really high amounts of alcohol consumption or alcohol abuse because it's causing sudden inflammation to the pancreas itself. When the gallstones occur, the enzymes can't get out, it backs up and causes the inflammation. Because of this sudden inflammation, 
it leads to enzymes to activate actually inside of the pancreas because, for example, gallstones are blocking the pathway by which the enzymes travel in order to get out into the intestinal system, the gastric system, I should say. And when they can't get out, they will start to activate inside the pancreas. And so increasing in that amylase and lipase will start to see in the blood work and it will start to digest itself. It swells and becomes super inflamed. And because of this, tissue starts to die and it can lead to many other problems. Now, it's all due to location of the inflamed pancreas. So because of that, the free digestive enzymes flow to other surrounding structures and organs and tissues. And when you think about where the pancreas is located in the body, it sits kind of right behind or right in line with the stomach. Kind of pull up a picture of an anatomy and physiology of the pancreas. The reason why this is important is because when those free digestive enzymes um, get out and they flow to other surrounding organs and tissues, that is where we will start to see the damage. So for example, if those digestive enzymes escape the pancreas and are escaping the north end of the pancreas, then we're going to start to see potential damage to the lungs, which could precipitate uh, acute respiratory distress syndrome if enough damage is done to the lungs, for example. Or if it's specifically to the vessels, then we're likely to see bleeding that may start occurring. And this is acute pancreatitis is sudden, it's got a quick onset, and because of that, it's very painful. So in acute pancreatitis, if we think about how these patients are going to present, here's the P of the pie, right? These, these patients are going to have abdominal pain, including a sudden onset at that mid-epigastric or left upper quadrant location with radiation that goes towards the back. And the pain that they're going to have is going to be aggravated or increased by consuming like a fatty meal, alcohol, or even lying in a recumbent position. And that's because when we consume that fatty meal, it stimulates the pancreas to release the enzymes. If for whatever reason the enzymes can't get out, they are going to leak around wherever they're kind of escaping from the pancreas and start digesting in those areas. Alcohol, for example, like binge drinking alcohol, it damages the cells of the pancreas. And um, specifically then because of that, the pancreatic duct cells, alcohol messes with bicarbon fluids. And so the pancreatic duct fluid becomes really viscous and thick. And so as the enzymes try to escape, they're in like the sludge, they can't get out and they will start to activate before they leave the pancreas leading to that pancreatitis. Now, these patients are also likely to have abdominal pain, tenderness, guarding. So if you were to go to palpation, they are going to have that guarding that they're not going to want you to touch. They're likely to have that nausea and vomiting. Weight loss, because now every time they're eating a meal, for example, with fat in it, stimulating the release of those enzymes, or even just the release of any of the enzymes, because we know it's secreting amylase, protease, and lipase, they're going to have associate that with pain. They might also have absent or decreased bowel sounds depending on how much of those activated enzymes are outside of the pancreas and where it's been attacking them. And because of this, they're also likely to have some sort of elevated white blood cell count and elevated sugar, bilirubin, and liver enzymes. Now, they will also develop these two signs called a Collins sign and Turner's sign. And colon sign is this bluish discoloration around the umbilicus in like a circular area. And that's where the enzymes drop and fall to the anterior portion of the stomach and kind of are eating around those cell tissues. It will, it will look like a bruise just right around the umbilicus. Now, Gray Turner's sign is also going to be a bluish discoloration, but it'll be at the flanks. And the way to remember this is like colon sign starts with a C, so it's a circle around the umbilicus. Whereas the Gray Turner's sign, if there's turn is in that 
that word, if you turn them over, um, you'll see the blue discoloration at the flanks. Now, the way that a pancreatitis and acute pancreatitis is often diagnosed is we'll do blood tests. So we'll look at amylase and or lipase levels, which will be elevated because they're activating in that bloodstream. The electrolytes will, are also likely to be abnormal. And then we'll use imaging to look for an inflamed pancreas. And that might be a CT scan or potential ultrasound. The other way that we can diagnose acute pancreatitis is we can do an ERCP, which is an endoscopic retrograde cholangiopancreatomy, um, where we basically, it's like an endoscopy, we put a scope down their throat into their stomach, and then we go into the small intestines, and we will look right at where that bile duct is secreting the bile, and we can be able to look and see if there's stones and dilate the duct if we need to, if there's an obstruction causing the pancreatitis. Now, what are our nursing interventions going to be? And here's the eye of the pie for acute pancreatitis. The whole goal is to rest the pancreas and stop it from secreting the enzymes which are either activating inside the pancreas causing this inflammatory process or it just can't get out and it's leaking around the pancreas. So the way that we do that is we'll withhold food and fluid during the active period and we'll actually maintain these patients' hydration status with IV fluids as prescribed. And we may then also give them, um, we may administer like parenternal nutrition for severe nutritional depletion. And again, they're not, they're just not taking anything by mouth specifically, which would then activate those enzymes to need to be secreted. And then we can also administer supplemental preparations and vitamins and minerals to increase the caloric intake. Uh, in some patients, an NG tube might be inserted if the client's vomiting quite a bit or has some sort of biliary obstruction or paralytic ileus that develops. And the other big thing is we need to do control their pain. So we're going to administer opiates for the pain and then different um, H2 receptors to or proton pump inhibitors to decrease the hydrochloric acid production and ultimately prevent prevent the activation of the pancreatic enzymes. And then we really, during this whole process of the acute phase, especially if it's alcohol-induced, one of those things that we're going to teach them is to avoid alcohol and really tell them about the importance of following up with their primary health care provider once they're gone from the hospital. Now, this is where all of the education or the E of the pie comes into play. The other things that we can do is we can teach them to uh, not eat or avoid greasy foods and only consume small, bland meals and meals that are really high in protein that limit those sugars and carbohydrates where the pancreas would then need to secrete more enzymes to break those down. We also really want to encourage them to stop smoking if they're a smoker because smoking actually stimulates the pancreas to release these enzymes. Uh, in terms of positioning, if you're taking care of them in the hospital, we really want to have them sitting upright. So these patients get put on NPO status really to let the pancreas rest and then slowly decrease the signs and symptoms as they start to go away. They will then be reintroduced to liquids um, with no fats. So maintain that IV hydration and pain control. They might need, you know, some sort of TPN if it's going to be a really long recovery and then watch their blood glucose and cover with insulin as ordered. That's acute pancreatitis in a nutshell. Some of the medications that they're likely to get, again, if we think about acute pancreatitis and these patients have gone into NPO status, they're going to need IV hydration. They might need IV TPN or nutrition for extended recovery periods pain medication, they might need insulin coverage, and then we're going to give them PPIs and H2 blockers and maybe even antacids to prevent the digestive enzymes be from becoming activated. 
And once they're out of the acute phase and we've slowly reintroduced fluids and, you know, bland foods, a big key thing is that we are going to um, give them pancreatic enzymes like creon or pancreatin um, if eating food. And the key with this is to have them take these medications before they eat their meal in order to do the work of the pancreas so that the pancreas can still rest and slowly restart itself. So pancreatic enzymes are given only if the patients are eating food and they're given before the patient consumes food in order to do the work of the pancreas. Now with chronic pancreatitis, again, the assessment or how these patients are going to present the pee of the pie are going to be very similar. So they're going to have abdominal pain and tenderness. They're going to have that left upper quadrant um, discomfort, and they might even have a mass again, because with chronic pancreatitis, scar tissue is replacing the pancreatic cells. Uh, when they go to the bathroom, they're likely also to have steerrhea and foul smelling stools that might increase in volume as the pancreatic insufficiency in- increases because they are unable to break down those foods with the secretion of the pancreatic enzymes that are necessary. And again, because of that, we're talking weight loss, muscle wasting, um, and potentially even jaundice. Now, what are we going to do to intervene or what interventions are you going to do as a nurse for people who have chronic pancreatitis? And that's really going to be if they've got chronic pancreatitis, this is an issue that's been going on for a while. They're no longer in the acute phase. So those interventions are really going to be about instructing the client on different dietary measures that need to be followed, whether that's fat and protein intake that they need to limit or whether that's they need to avoid really heavy meals and instructing them about the importance of avoiding alcohol. And then what we're going to do is we're going to provide supplemental preparations and vitamins, even minerals to increase their caloric intake. Uh, We will administer those pancreatic enzymes as prescribed to aid in that digestion and absorption of the fats and the proteins. And they're also likely to need insulin or some sort of oral hypoglycemic medication to help control diabetes mellitus if that's present. Again, because when we think about what the pancreas does, there's two big functions of it. You've got those exocrine and endocrine function. And the endocrine functions, those islets of Langerhans, are directly responsible for the insulin. So if it's not working correctly, they're not going to be producing insulin. They're going to have really high sugars that we need to manage. And then we're going to instruct these people also to follow up and notify their healthcare provider if there's any increase in steerrhea, which is just um, fat in the stool that is visible, any sort of abdominal distension or cramping or any sort of skin breakdown that might develop as a result of those pancreatic enzymes eating through those things. So that's everything I've got on uh, pancreatitis in these individuals. If you in, have enjoyed some of these episodes, please make sure to like it in the platform by which you're listening to it in. Reach out to me. There's an email included in the description. If there's a specific topic you want me to try to cover, I'm happy to give it a go or at least review it and let you know if it's in my wheelhouse or not. And other than that, go forth and keep on learning.